Welcome to Parent Talk Podcasts, where experienced parents and expert guests give tips and tricks on making parenting a breeze. Well, at least a little easier. Now here is your host, Genevieve Kyle, and co-host, Heather Fox. Hi everyone, and welcome to Parent Talk, broadcasting out of the greater Vancouver area. We're here to inform, educate, and support parents from the early years and beyond. Our show, it's a great way to expand your village and fill your parental toolbox with as many resources as possible. I'm Genevieve Kyle. I'm your host here on Parent Talk, as well as on Les Parents Parle, which is Parent Talk New French Edition. And I'm a mom of two boys, Alexandre, who's two and a half, and Nathan, who is almost one. Today, we're talking about treating PMS using natural medicine. So let's go around the table and introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. Heather Fox here, co-host of Parent Talk. I am a mom of two little ones. My son Hudson is two and a half, and my daughter Madeline is three months old. Wow. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Kathleen Mahana. I am a naturopathic physician practicing at Restoration Health Clinic in Lynn Valley in North Vancouver. My practice focuses in women's health, so I support women in hormone balance, supporting fertility, supporting through perimenopause using natural treatments like herbal medicine, nutrition, acupuncture. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here. So, Kathleen, uh, what exactly is uh, premenstrual syndrome? So, we can say PMS. Everybody knows what's PMS. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so, what's PMS? Yes. Well, if you ask most women, they probably have a pretty good understanding of what it is. But technically what PMS is, it's the collection of physical and emotional symptoms that can occur in the week or the days leading up to the onset of a period, which are made abruptly better once the period starts. So many women experience PMS. In fact, about 80% of women do. So some symptoms can be the emotional symptoms, could be feeling more sensitive, feeling more tearful or weepy. For some women, it's feeling depressed or really low mood. Other women get really irritable or angry before their period. Some women come to me concerned about how snappy they are with their kids just during that week, but no other time during the month. There are also physical symptoms that can come along with PMS. So that could be feelings of uh, being bloated, water retention. Some women have breast tenderness or breast pain. Some women get headaches every month right before their period. So there are some women who experience an even more severe form of PMS, and this is called premenstrual dysmorphic disorder or PMDD. There's about, about 5% of women experience this. So this is a severe form of PMS that actually starts at ovulation, so mid-cycle, uh, and that PMS time lasts two weeks. And the symptoms for these women are so debilitating that it actually affects their work, it affects their relationships, or it affects their day-to-day lives. So about half of the month, they feel awful, whether that's incredibly moody or very depressed or incredibly anxious. So uh, in these women, uh, we would treat, we would diagnose this as PMDD and treat it slightly differently than PMS. So that means like uh, if that happens to you half the month, you're feeling like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty sure 
I mean, I'd be suspecting that a lot of women are probably misdiagnosed with depression. Mm-hmm. Is it probably? Yeah. So some of them, some of those women um, may have depression on top of PMS or PMDD. Uh, and that's a great point. It's really important to, uh, you know, see your medical doctor, see a naturopathic physician to get a thorough assessment and workup to diagnose it as just PMS, or is there something else going on as well? Is there another mental health co- concern that needs to be addressed in addition to that? So actually the reverse happens more often where women are told, oh, it's just PMS when in fact there's actually more of a depression or something else going on at the same time. So I think it's important to not ignore the way we feel. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we know that this is not who I am, to trust your gut feeling, mm-hmm. right? And, and reach out, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm not, um, I, I'm not someone that suffered a lot from PMS myself, but here and there, sometimes I give myself a little time out. And if you're in the middle of a conversation or if it's either on the phone or with someone, what I would do, I would not really mention anything about like, oh, I, I actually, I, I can't handle this conversation or I need a break from you right now. I'm just going to say just a minute. I'm just going to need to go to the washroom. And, uh, then a little time by yourself, like five minutes. And it's just enough to be like, okay, what is this? You know, and talk a little bit with yourself and, uh, again, go back to it with a, a different, maybe attitude or, but, um, Sometimes I think it's, it can be really hard. It's not all situation and you can actually do this or, or hang up the phone and call back. But uh, yeah, sometimes you need to trust yourself. If you need a timeout, then give yourself a timeout, mm-hmm. right? I don't know, Heather, if you want to share last Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, so last Tuesday. <laughs> um, so I'm also breastfeeding right now. So I find that my PMS symptoms are definitely a little more heightened right now. But I've always, always, always been one that um, experienced PMS in very emotional, tearful, um, kind of down sort of ways. So that has always been definitely extra sensitive. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Tuesday, it kind of all started. It was supposed to be like a fun day. Um, we had some kind of family events planned that evening. And so I had some kind of high expectations of kind of what the day was going to lead into. And, and then it started off with one of, um, uh, my niece actually ended up canceling. I mean, she was only supposed to come for like a social thing. It wasn't like she was babysitting or anything really super important that I was counting on her, but I kind of took that personally that she wasn't coming anymore. And, I kind of, and then she's like, but you know, my mom can come. And so that was my cousin. And, she, and I, so I kind of ended up texting my cousin, well, you don't need to come. Like my husband's going to be home and Bruce will be home. And um, it was a little bit of a snappy response, <laughs> which just because I took everything kind of to a level that it didn't need to be at. And um, so that was kind of where things started to kind of go. And then it was, you know, the the commercials and different shows on <laughs> that, you know, started getting me. And then it was the next thing was... Um, I was talking to my husband on the phone and we got into a bit of an argument. Well, then, of course, that had me in tears and I was begging him to come home because I couldn't handle the day anymore. Well, lo and behold, the next thing you know, the there's a knock at the door and it's a neighbor telling me the birds have gotten into the garbage and it's all over the streets and I need to do something about this. Well, I have a baby up at the top of the stairs at the baby gate crying and freaking out that I'm not right there. She's at the front door and I literally just burst into tears. <laughs> So your poor neighbor, poor right? Poor neighbor. I've never even met her before. She's like, ah. So all of a sudden she's <laughs> hugging me, telling me, it's okay. I'll go get you a garbage can for you to borrow. And I'm like, but still I'm thinking, but who's going to pick up the garbage? 
<laughs> I'm like, that's me. I have to do this. Like, I so I strap on the baby carrier in Hudson goes, we head outside. <laughs> I'm now picking up garbage tears streaming down my face. It's everywhere. <laughs> Anyways, I got it cleaned up. I went inside and I was just, yeah, I just wanted the day to be very over. Um, and then it finished, as I said, we had a family event that evening and it finished on a high note. So it was like, I went from one end to the other of this like whole hormonal spectrum and Oh, yeah, if there's ways that I can avoid that, that'd be lovely. <laughs> so what's unique about that is, you know, if those events had have occurred, you know, two weeks prior, you probably wouldn't have been able yeah. to handle them a lot more, yes. a lot better, yeah. right? But yeah. because it was that time of the month, just a little bit more sensitive, not able to handle those stressors as you might normally be able to. Totally. Yeah. So why does PMS occur? Why are, what's the cause of it? Good question. So... There are a few different theories as to why PMS occurs. It's actually not very well understood. So in a woman's body, there are many different hormones at play at any given moment during the month. And these hormones impact our brain neurotransmitters. So there are a few different theories as to why PMS occurs. Firstly, uh, the, one of the predominant theories is that there is abnormal serotonin synthesis going on in the brain. So serotonin is our happy hormone. And uh, we know that our female hormones, estrogen and progesterone, can impact our serotonin levels. And studies have shown that in women with PMS, serotonin levels drop sharply after ovulation compared to women who don't have PMS. So that's one theory. You know, there's something going on with serotonin. Another theory is about our calcium regulation. So um, calcium is one of the minerals that contributes to serotonin synthesis. And some studies have been done examining the use of calcium alone as a treatment for PMS and found that in fact, in a subset of women that actually work to help relieve PMS symptoms. So that's another theory about why PMS occurs. More recently, there have been some theories about the role of inflammation in the body and its impact on female hormones. Uh, so we have these little chemicals in our bodies called prostaglandins, which contribute to inflammation. And when we give different treatments that uh, reduce those prostaglandins, that can have a positive impact on treating PMS. So yet another theory about why it occurs. So one other theory that I uh, utilize as a naturopathic physician, I look at the role of uh, the liver in our body's detoxification and breakdown of hormones, particularly estrogen. So liver has many the liver has many different roles in our body, one of which is to help break down estrogen. So if our liver is working overtime with uh, breaking down bacteria and different chemicals that we come, come across uh, through our diet, et cetera, then sometimes it's not as effective at breaking down and excreting estrogen. So sometimes as naturopathic doctors, we target liver detoxification when we are aiming to support hormones. So why would a woman choose to see a naturopathic doctor for PMS? Yeah, for a few reasons. Now, firstly, I just listed off a whole bunch of theories as to why PMS occurs. And of course, every women, woman's hormonal symptoms or PMS symptoms are slightly different from the next woman who comes in the door. So as a naturopathic doctor, I treat each woman individually based on her symptoms, her lifestyle, and what's been going on for her. So 
the benefit of seeing a naturopathic doctor is uh, they treat you like the unique individual that you are. So one treatment that might work for one woman may not necessarily work for the next. So based on the different symptoms that you described to me, I would pick and choose the treatment that I would suggest. Do we want to target more inflammation? Do we want to target more your serotonin synthesis? Do we want to look more closely at your diet, etc.? So other women might come to see a naturopathic doctor uh, after they've looked at other or tried other treatments for their PMS. So for example, for some women who have more of the depressive type PMS symptoms, one treatment uh, that they may be given is an antidepressant. So as I mentioned, PMS can impact our serotonin. Sometimes women are given a SSRI or a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which is a type of antidepressant. And for some women, that works well. For others, it doesn't work well. And for, for some women, they don't feel comfortable taking an antidepressant, and they might turn to a naturopathic doctor to explore and look at other options that are available to them to treat their PMS. So as a naturopathic doctor, how do you treat PMS naturally? So in a few different ways. So firstly, I always like to start by looking at food, what kinds of foods can we incorporate into a woman's diet or what might we want to modify in her diet to help her hormones? So in fact, there has been a study that looked at the impact of the diet on PMS symptoms. One study demonstrated that women with PMS eat 62% more refined carbohydrates, 275% more refined sugar, 79% more dairy, and 78% more sodium compared to women who don't have PMS. In that same study, they found that women with PMS had 53% less iron in the diet, 77% less manganese, which is another important mineral, and 52% less zinc compared to women who did not have PMS. So this indicates that our diet and our nutrition status does in fact have an impact on our hormones and our PMS. So I always have a conversation with women about what foods they can incorporate into their diet to help relieve the PMS symptoms. So that would be the first place that I would start. I would also look at using particular supplements or particular herbs that would be specific to their symptoms, as I mentioned earlier. So what food can you eat to help treat PMS? Good question. So... There are several different foods that I like to focus on. Firstly, I want to ensure that women have proper bowel movements on a regular basis, so at least one bowel movement per day. And the reason is because our liver, as I mentioned, breaks down and metabolizes estrogens and it secretes them into the gut so then we can excrete that. For women who are constipated and not having regular bowel movements, what can happen is some of that estrogen that's put into the gut can get reabsorbed back into the blood stream, believe it or not. So it's very important for women to be having a bowel movement on a regular basis. So for those women, I would start very simply by increasing the fiber in their diet. My favorite way of uh, increasing fiber in the diet is by prescribing two tablespoons of ground flax seeds per day. Flax seeds are particularly great because they have a compound in them called lignans, which actually binds to estrogens in the gut and helps to ensure that they get excreted. 
So increasing fiber would be a place to start. Another recommendation that I often make to women with PMS is to increase their cruciferous vegetables. So cruciferous vegetables include the family of veggies such as uh, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, kale, arugula, bok choy. These cruciferous veggies have a particular compound in them called indole-3-carbonyl. And this compound helps to helps the liver break down and metabolize estrogens. So increasing the cruciferous vegetables in the diet can be one thing to help uh, with hormone balance and treating PMS. A few other recommendations I make, increasing the dark leafy greens in the diet. So dark leafy greens have many important B vitamins and minerals that we need to help synthesize hormones. Increasing the colorful fruits and vegetables, particularly the vegetables in the diet. So things like purple cabbage, red peppers, squashes, yams, carrots, zucchini, the dark purple berries. These all contain important vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients that help with the production of hormones. Sometimes I have a conversation with women about their caffeine intake, especially women who have breast tenderness associated with PMS. One study showed that eliminating caffeine from the diet can reduce or eliminate breast tenderness in women who have that particular symptom, believe it or not. Calcium and magnesium are important minerals for hormones, so I recommend increasing the food sources of those nutrients. So leafy greens again, legumes, milk if it's tolerated, cheese, yogurt, seafood are good sources of calcium. For magnesium, again, turning to those dark leafy greens, nuts, seeds, fish, beans, whole grains, avocados, yogurt, bananas, and my favorite, dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a few other recommendations. So eliminating sugar from the diet, as I indicated earlier, women with PMS consume way more sugar than women without PMS and increasing the anti-inflammatory foods in the diet. So turmeric, wild caught salmon, healthy oils, like the extra virgin olive oil, raw nuts and seeds are a few examples. So what supplements are there that, uh, can help with PMS? Yeah, so there are lots of really lovely herbs that are helpful for PMS. One of my favorite herbs is a herb called chase tree, otherwise known as Vitex agnus castus in Latin. This is a lovely herb that has been studied in comparison to an antidepressant in the treatment of PMDD, so that's the more severe form of PMS. And this study showed that chase tree was actually as effective as the antidepressant in the treatment of PMDD. So that's one of my favorite herbs for PMS. If I think that my patient needs more anti-inflammatory type support, I would turn to turmeric or more specifically an extract from turmeric called curcumin. And um, as I mentioned earlier, one theory is that inflammation may be a contributing factor for PMS and curcumin is my favorite herb for, uh, for inflammation. So another supplement that I will sometimes give for PMS is calcium. As I mentioned, that's a nutrient that has been studied in its positive effect on PMS symptoms. So sometimes I'll use calcium and usually paired with magnesium together. Vitamin D, that's another nutrient that's been studied as a treatment for PMS. So for women who have low blood levels of vitamin D, supplementing with this vitamin has been shown to be an effective treatment for PMS. 
for women who might need more liver support, liver detoxification, sometimes I will give them indole-3-carbonyl. So that's that compound I mentioned that comes from cruciferous veggies. So that can actually be extracted and put into a supplement form and given in a pill form. For women who have more severe symptoms, the PMDD type picture, I use vitamin B6, calcium, and magnesium. Those nutrients are helpful with our serotonin synthesis, and I've had a lot of success using those together. Another treatment that I'll use, and again, I'll I'll certainly focus more on this in my breastfeeding patients, is using acupuncture. Acupuncture has been really beneficial for helping to balance the hormones and manage the mood symptoms that can be associated with PMS. So of course, these are all great options for uh, women who are looking for natural solutions to their PMS symptoms. And of course, I recommend that everyone speak to a naturopathic doctor before they try one of these, particularly if they've got any background health concerns or if they're on any medications or if they're breastfeeding, because some herbs can have interactions with medication. So we want to be safe and make sure that uh, any supplement that you choose is safe for you as an individual. How can our listeners find you or learn more about natural treatments for PMS or hormones problems? So listeners can find me through my website, drkathleenmahana.com. You can also find me through the Parent Talk website, parenttalk.ca. I'll also be a contributor to the Parent Talk blog, so you can find articles about hormone balancing, PMS treatments, etc. through there. In addition to my own personal blog, which you can find through my website, uh, certainly you can sign up to my blog and I'll send you articles and information about hormone balancing for women. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here today. I think it's time for a conversation card. Heather, can you pick one and read that to us? All right. So here's our little question for today. Which of your ancestors would you most like to meet? (laughs) (laughs) Who would I like to meet? Uh, So my my background, I have... uh, My last name is Mahana, which we think comes from McHanna, which is Irish. So it'd be really cool to go back and meet some of my Irish ancestors. Excellent. For me, I would say, um, I guess it would be my great-grandparents when they were younger and coming across to Canada. Um, I would just like to hear those stories of kind of immigrating here um, from, I guess, different parts of England and Denmark and um, just to kind of... I love hearing those stories when my grandparents have told me and just to actually hear it from them and the different struggles they might have gone through or that experience of coming across and yeah, and kind of settling here in Canada. And then that trip from, of course, when they arrived on the East Coast, coming all the way to the West Coast. So, yeah, yeah. I think for me, um, my maiden name is Lefebvre. And when I went to Paris or France, uh, my name was on so many... um, Army General Lefebvre, like first General Lefebvre. So it was a bit everywhere. It was right quite in my face with the same spelling. So, and uh, so, and it was like the Napoleon Army. That so that's it's like it was quite something. So I would like to know if I, I actually actually I probably would have to do my DNA testing <laughs> yeah. and yeah. to find out if it's actually my family. But how far we go that there, like how far? If, if and if it was or if it is, uh, that'd be pretty cool to know uh, if. Uh, about them, right? But I think a little bit closer, I would have liked to meet uh, my dad's dad. He died pretty young. And um, I, think he, I think he was not even 40 or something like that. Oh. So he died, he died really young and I would have liked yeah. to, to meet him. Yeah. 
Well, all right, ladies. Uh, thank you, Kathleen. And thank you, Heather, for being here. Uh, thank you for your contribution in other parents' life. Uh, for our listeners, the conversation continues on our website at parenttalk.ca. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can subscribe to this podcast on our website or on iTunes so you don't miss an episode of Parent Talk. Remember, there's nothing more powerful than feeling supported by a community of parents by sharing your thoughts, ideas, and experiences. Thank you for listening and have a great week. The views and or opinions of the host and their guests are not necessarily those of Parent Talk and should not be considered as fact. The information offered is believed to be accurate but is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be used for diagnosing or treating any health issue or prescribing medication. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your child, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare practitioner.